Welcome to Herman Legend with your hosts, Smartwatch, Neil and Chris, and Oz. Hello and welcome to the extra special 100th episode of Urbane Legend, the podcast that's been going on for very long and is the internet's largest urban legends podcast by volume. Uh, they said it couldn't be done, sorry. Miss it shouldn't, shouldn't said, be done, Chris. It shouldn't, shouldn't, be, shouldn't done. be done. Everyone said it shouldn't be done, but They're as right. always, we, we thumbed our noses at the consensus. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Chris Lynn, and that other cheeky chap was Mr... Neil Herbert. Neil, 100 episodes. Did Ooh, you think we'd come this far? Sorts, isn't it? No, no, I thought we'd get bored after about 10, Chris, to be honest with you. Did you? Much like most of the listeners. Yeah, it's, um, it's, had, this weird, it's had a weird hypnotic staying power for us, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've, we've made committed to it. Um, I'll be know. honest with you, I was going to... Um, I was going to do like a soundboard or something like that, but I couldn't be bothered in the end. Uh, um, but what I have done, Neil, if you look in my uh, in my ear piercing there, I'm wearing a rather large uh, cubic zircona ear stud, oh, yeah. like maybe Usher cool. would wear or something. But yeah. his would be a real, diamond. Be a real diamond. Yeah, yeah, because he's the bloodiest of that diamonds. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. So I thought I'd wear that to um, to dress up for the occasion, and I can see you're wearing your. Yellow dungarees, but your yeah. your formal wear. Absolutely, yeah. So that's good. This is, well, this is my version of a white tie dinner jacket. And You've kind of got them unbuckled on one shoulder, kind of like a sexy farm boy or yeah, a, rest, a little bit or, like or giant haystacks a wrestler. Maybe maybe both will get unbuckled later on. Let's see what happens. That's Ooh, that kind of nice It is quite warm today, isn't it? It is, yeah. So Neil, how do you think? Like, how have you enjoyed doing a hundred podcast episodes with me, a man who you barely knew before we started? It's been revealing in all the worst ways. Yeah, no, it's been all right, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's been fine. <laughs> was it the better part of two years? Yeah, coming up to two years. Coming up to the two-year anniversary. We've, got, we've gone over two years by now in terms of um, having been doing this, haven't we? No. Well, maybe. So we released t- our our first release was ten episodes. Because we oh, recorded ten, oh, and, yeah. and then to give it, I don't know. I can't remember the thinking behind it. It was like if people really yeah, enjoy it, that. then there's stuff here for them to listen to. Sort of, sort of idea, sort of yeah. a, a, a sort of mind dump. It was just a, a small amount of kind of optimism and an effort at the start, which we've. Uh... Well, also, I think it's quite good because we got ten done, and we were like, "Yeah, we don't really care if people hear these; it's fine." So, <laughs> just just as well, we thought that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what would you get? What, how would you? How would you score us out of ten so far, Neil? I mean, it depends. <laughs> Do you mean like against all podcasts, or just like I don't know? No, I to think... to your own expect to your own expectations, to society's expectations, maybe. Um, from my expectations, we're probably running about a seven and a half, eight out of ten. I think. I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't think we're doing too bad. Well, we've gone. Um... Depends what you want, isn't it? We've gone from like twenty listeners a month to a couple of hundred a month. Do you know, like so, at that pace, yeah. by the heat death of the sun, heat we can maybe yeah, we'll, we we'll, can maybe uh, jack in our jobs. We'll, we'll get we'll get in and uh, do it a fly one or whatever. But That's yeah, like we'd like to thank everyone who has listened and people who do listen. Some people drop in and out, and that's cool. Very few people have listened to all of them. Perhaps that's wise. 
Um, but yeah, we'd like to say thank you. Thank you for um, your, your listening. Um, I would say thank you for your feedback, but we don't get any. So no thanks. No thanks there at all. Not, not um, required, but that's, that's fine if you just want to listen. That's cool. If you just want to listen, if you just, you know. If you just like, if you just like watching. You don't like to yeah. participate. That's you know, it's fine. That's up you to do. you. We're not here to shame. We're not judging. Um, so we're going to do quite a, a large, uh, well-known one this this time because it's our one hundred. Well, we figured episode. we keep dancing around, sort of doing some of the bigger ones. Um, yeah. I think. Well, I think we've done a couple of bigger ones in the past, but with Mary Celeste, I thought was a reasonably biggish one, but they don't, yes. they're not always that interesting, unfortunately. But uh, no. yeah, we've got we got we got one that even I've heard of this week. So this is uh, yeah. A big but one. before we get into it, Neil, um, you know how's how's your week been? What you been up to? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I like to keep and keep abreast keep of these tabs, things. Just let people know what's yeah. been going on. Yeah, we're on a bank holiday weekend uh, here in Brighton, so um, just Brighton. Yeah, just Brighton. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, in the, in the <laughs> UK, UK, where's the th- the third in this month? Because of course we had one for the uh, the coronation as well. So, yeah, yeah, I've just spent the, the last three it. days just watching um, highlights of the coronation. Mm. The miserable-looking old man gets anointed with oil and struts around with a, an oil. You know what, mate? Yeah, it's still still fresh in your mind. To me, it's gone. Do you know that's just ancient history to you? It's ancient history, past. It's the past, yeah. man. You've got... It's a fast-moving time now. You've got to yeah, just got to soak up get, that glory. Get, it comes, got, but once a generation. Chris. You've, got get, you've got to get your skates on, head towards the future, rather than the anchor of the past, which also keeps on. The future is coming up quite rapidly, and I'm not. I'm not looking what's heading up on the motorway. To be honest with you, really, disastrous climate change, the economy getting even more fucked. Yeah, live, live on a hill, get a hat. What's your problem? Yeah, good. Good. Um, Simple, isn't it? Good philosophy. Simple. Very, very simple. No, I just want, I want to comfort myself, just like uh, weird ceremonies and obscure yeah. Britishisms and, yeah, okay. living, in well, the, living in the past. You do, yeah. Oh, you, do, you, do you remember when we used to play down the village, cricket down the village green, Chris? Yeah. No, I don't. I grew up in South London. <laughs> no, I <don't>, never, <laughs> never did that. No. Oh, do you, remember, do you remember the postman just cycling through the village? No. No. No, I remember that we're, we were told, even as kids, not to send... Cash in the post. I remember that because because it just gets stolen at the sorting office. How do they know? Yeah, how? how you can feel if something's a card, and often in the old days, before you had your internet banking, then people, if there was like in a birthday card, people would often send money, and so they just open all the birthday cards. Oh, they open them up and then send. Because I've sent yeah. cards through the post and not had them been molested by post. I, I, I mm. wonder if there's some sort of little. Money detector or something it goes through. A money detector. Well, because they they do have like metals into the um in the polymers or something, don't they? I don't know. I'm almost certainly wrong, but that sounds like a very high tech thing for someone working yeah, in a sorting but... office to have. It's not well, leverage. No, well, no, because sort, sorting um <laughs> so, um sorting machines are pretty um. I don't think sorting machines pull the money out. I think it's nefarious no, 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 people who work it's, there on minimum wage. You know, it's some uh, thieving posting. But yeah, no, I did that. Happened to try to send some money for a brother's birthday, and uh, yeah, that got nicked. That's quite annoying. But there you go. You don't do it twice. That's what you told him, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's convenient. the official story. Very, now, very convenient, wasn't it? Cast, so. That was a good thing. That was a good thing about it. 
Oh, but I put two hundred. I put two hundred thousand pounds in it. And they're now unfortunately, I don't have any money left to uh, no. for Christmas. So, if anything, you're going to have to give me some money because yeah. it's your fault. Yeah, really. If you think about it morally, <laughs> I mean, you're right. think about it really hard. Well, it's, it hurts. Like, well, it's like that, and um, the other one that really annoyed me. But that one, he kind of like, well, okay, but had heard of that. Probably should have thought of that myself. So, yeah, kind of fair enough. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Fool I mean, their money are easily separated, aren't they, like, Neil? Fuck whoever steals other people's money out of like, birthday cards and stuff. Um, it could but, have been for a sick child. No, it wasn't. It was so it could have, well, it could have been, yeah, down the pub at 12 because they finished their post yeah. round, yeah. Um, then down the bookies. Beautiful. Like that, and I got a... You used to see that as a lot, actually. Well, right. I remember, actually, it was down the pond. Um, yes, it's going to be another ultra Brighton-specific reference, but it down there. There's a pub in Brighton and there's Brighton Station. Um, mm. Very good. This is very good Thai food up the... Um, mm. I'm sorry, we still do. Anymore, so that's good. Oh, do they, do they still do? No, I think they do bow buns now. It's like... Um, Ugh. Yeah, it's quite nice, actually. Bubble they tea. They don't do bubble tea, I don't think. But, yeah, no, oh. I don't think they do the Thai food anymore, which is a real shame. Bubble, I think the bubble, landlord might have changed. Bubble real ale. Yeah. With little bubbles of, like, whiskey in it and bells. <laughs> Oh, actually, that could be the thing that entices me into bubble tea. Um, but yeah, no, there's a postman at the bar. Right? <laughs> he, absolutely just, he was just <laughs> laughing about the fact that, he, you know, he's nicking stuff from uh, from envelopes and whatnot. Was he? Yeah, he, was, he, a little he, chuckle thought, he thought it was a right, right, right amusing little story. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to look at it. I was going to be like that guy. Yeah, do you know what, do you know what say, makes it easy? And that's why, that's why the post office is going to end up closed because people like you. Yeah, do you know what? Like, the sweetest thing is imagining both the grandmother and the grandchild crying over the phone to one another. Nice, <laughs> lovely. Well, and I've got myself a lovely bite of Carlin. Exactly. I'd like to think it's only a few on apples, but who knows? Um, but it was that, and yeah, when I was doing, um, oh yeah, I was coming back from Germany. Have we become an anti an anti postman podcast? Is that what's oh, don't, don't is, that what's, is that what don't series five union, is? Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, preloaders. Um oh, Billy Bragg. Oh I'm my blood ball. No, um oh god, yeah. Oh, I'll just finish off this one quickly because um yeah coming back through um yeah anyway look my basically my baggage got lost supposedly. Yep. Um, and stupidly, I was just coming. I was coming back quickly, and I'd stashed um, travellers' shares, <laughs> cash, fifty grams worth of heroin, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and some yeah, brick of really good Colombian. Um, and what really annoyed me, so they stole the cash out of the thing, didn't touch the travellers' checks. Yeah, because you signed them. Yeah, show your passport. So clearly, they just they nicked it on purpose. But then what really annoyed me, I thought, like, fair enough, you're taking the cash. What really annoyed me. You were in the chocolates. All oh, right, that was taken oh. back for the office. Well, they needed the energy. Yeah, after all of that. Lifting. Lifting. Yeah. <laughs> after all that light fingeredness. Well, I bought, again, I've always been taught keep your cash on you at all times. Well, it was one of those things where it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a really stupid kind of like, yeah, what did I think? I was just, I was just kind of like panicking because I think it was late. Was this recently? That was years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Or put, you know, put a little padlock on your suitcase. I mean, this is all. So like a 2003 or four, something like that. Not fairly recently. I mean, in yeah. my mind, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Well, so... You didn't really talk much about what we're doing this. Yeah, but yeah. No. So, so this week, we're going to look at a large creepypasta, uh, which everyone knows, called uh, The Chubby Lady. 
Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, it's Fancy Slend Slender Man. I, I was reading it upside down. <laughs> so, um, as people may or may not be aware, Slender Man it will be it will briefly uh, go across the bit that it actually led to a real life uh, homicide, but we won't dwell too much on that. Well, fortunately, the young lady survived. Which I've, I've done a little bit of research with this episode, unlike me. Yeah, so the good news is actually so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so what's the problem? I mean, just a, it was just it was just a life a life stabbing for the rest of her life, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. No, there was so yeah. There's there's a, we'll, we'll allude as you say, Chris. That there was a real life incident where you know um, there was t two kids stabbed another one, which is uh, yeah. And, and then a lot of it seems to have tailed off since then, frankly. And yeah. I think people are already getting bored of it. So this is one of these ones where it's quite interesting because you're sort of seeing the accelerated growth of this kind of folklore tale. Because I did, yeah, so I read up a little bit on this and a lot of, I mean, I'd heard of, you know, mm. about, but, you know, people talking about is it folklore or not? Or not. And, uh, you know, people think it, it is because it's kind of, you know, you, it's, it's same as any other urban myth. It's got a collective kind of thing. And we'll sort of talk through some of the origins, I guess, as we go through, Chris. But, uh, yeah, there is a, you know, but it seems to sort of be in quite an accelerated cycle, you know. Everyone gets really into it, like, yeah. with memes and stuff, but then it sort of dies out. Yeah, I think it was quickly. even in, like, The Simpsons and stuff, wasn't it? I'm sure it probably was, yeah. Yeah. But but a lot of these kind of things, it's like, I mean, because I was looking, like, it's quite similar to, I don't know if you ever saw Fringe. No. These fellas called The Observers, and they're just, like, creepy bald fellas in suits. So just, oh, uh, yeah. And that came out a year yeah. before. That's um, the one with um, Pacey from Dawson's Creek on it. Yes, that's it, and Anna Torf, um, and, um from I'm not sure what, but she was in Last of Us fairly recently, but I mostly hmm. know her from Fringe. Yeah, it's, it's good, actually, if you like if you like a bit of uh, X-Files-type stuff. First series isn't brilliant, because they try and do... A bit too X-Filesy, but then they sort of like turn in turn it into more of a yeah, it's about like a parallel story. universe, isn't it? Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have good... seen that. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, entertaining, watchable, and it had the really um, walnut-faced Australian guy who always plays oh, a British yeah. guy. He's Australian, and he John Noble, maybe. He, he often plays British. I think he plays like mm. in the boys. He's like the sweary guy's dad, and he except neither of them are actually British. Yeah, I know they're both Australian. I can't remember the what's that chap's name. He's in one of them new Star Trek movies. But yeah, but he was talking around to British action. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you fucking can't. What are you Superman, you fucking knob. Yeah, I'm gonna what are you fucking can Yeah, I'm gonna fucking knock you down the apples and pears. Oh, he missed the fantastic stitching this up. <laughs> you wanker. It's not a bad British accent, to be fair, but it's, it's very much that kind of... You've got of me in a right to an eight, yeah. I thought I thought when he did do that Chaz and Dave's thing along, that was a bit over the top. Oh, did he? Ah. Oh. <laughs> I was you thinking I I was, yeah. I was... <laughs> you were like, oh, I'm going to start watching the boys now. Yeah, yeah like when he's, when he's having a... T I've watched it, I thought, I don't remember that, but then <laughs> I kind of do drift off quite a lot while watching it. I, but... I can't remember if, I've, if I'm, if I'm up to date on it. I'm, I can't remember, is it Netflix? I can't even no, remember. No, it's an Amazon. So, I'm up Amazon, to date yeah. with it, yeah. Yeah, I can't actually remember if I'm... He's, like, fighting um, uh, the... What's the Patriot? No, what's his name? Homelander. He's fighting yeah. Homelander. It's 
Chaz and Dave in the background. That would have been really fucking good. I mean, they could have done. I'll tell you what. That Maybe might that's be one for series six, or whatever. That might be something. I might, I might do a super cut of them fighting to Gertrude by Chaz and Dave. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do that, but because no. I'd, I'd have to learn it. But yeah. yeah, it's an idea, isn't it? It's, if anyone yeah. out there, if anyone out there knows how to be do that, to... <laughs> right. So we are anyway, Slenderman, creepypasta.com. Should we quickly, so hmm. I, did, I did allude to the fact that we, we kind of like did a bit of reading beforehand, but should we, t- should we say what we kind of thought we knew yes. about this before before we... So we had heard of it. But, All right, um, Mr. Rules. Come no, then. I, just, I just thought it might be interesting to see what we knew about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, what, Neil, uh, what did you know about Slenderman before this episode? So I knew it was like a creepypasta thing. I knew he's like a bald fella who's like pretty tall, and he sometimes has tentacles coming out of his back. Mm. He's hanging so far, so kids for some reason. Yeah, it is a bit. Um, and I knew he'd started on something awful forums. Couldn't remember the guy's name, but it kind of got big from there and then went to YouTube and all of this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just basically not much about because he's quite mysterious, isn't he? We don't know what, don't know why he's doing what he's doing or what he's up to. He kind of appears and then, um, and that's you know, and as we go through this, I think that's what we'll probably find is that the more detail you add in, the more of it's kind of like diminishing returns. Yeah. Because uh, I think you know what was quite you know the original um, photos and things that they put. I've not seen the marble hornets or hornets nest, whatever the fuck it's called, um, the, the YouTube thing. But the uh, yeah, the photos is just like you know an image right. and a creepy caption. It's quite you know it's quite good. Mm. But, so that's all I knew. What about you, Chris? So I knew it was an internet thing about. Yeah. Um, a, a tall, um, no-faced creature that wore a suit. And I didn't know as much as you. I kind of thought it was, it tried to lure kids into the woods. And uh, that, it, again, I thought, I don't know whether I just made this up in my head, but I thought that there were, like, accounts that people were putting on the internet of having encountered this thing and that then sort of law grew up around it and then some kids thought that it was real and they had to sacrifice their mate in order to not get killed by slender man or something that's kind of what or appease him or some nonsense yeah yeah appease him yeah Yeah. make friends with him yeah offer a little sacrifice seems like a reasonable sacrifice as elton would say so no, that's it's... kind of what I knew about it. So less than you, know, I don't know where it come from or anything. The internet to me is just one thing. I'm not aware that it's delineated into different websites and stuff. I just think it's all one, one thing managed by Elon Musk, probably. It probably, yeah, probably. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's pretty if, funny. His, if his tweets are anything to go, but I, mean, I, know, I know we're in the glass house here, flinging rocks, but yeah. I, I've but never actually bothered carrying a sink but that's into, really a, the, into an office building for a pun. So you know, I mean, if no, if no one I'll consider that a win, if people haven't sort of sort of gleaned that that's the sort of undercurrent of the whole thing that we are kind of ironically throwing rocks, then you know, yeah. you, I mean, we're, you know, we're bit, we're very subtle, obviously, but um, but you know, it's a, it's a very layered podcast. You can go back and listen to it several times if you want to drive yourself insane. Yeah, yeah. Subtlety, thy name is there being legends. 
<laughs> right. Anyway, so let's get on with this Slenderman nonsense. Estimated reading time: sixteen minutes. Well, we'll see. All right, we can drag it out for a bit longer than that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if not, there's plenty of other ones. So, uh, yeah, from creepypasta.com. If only you hadn't looked back. Though it was autumn, the day had seemed long and the brief walk towards home short. As the sunlight began to fade and you and your two friends left the playground behind and trudged reluctantly home, knowing that you would be forced to pick up the games and conversations the next day. Well, we've all had that, haven't we? Oh, do I have to go home? You know, I'm having fun. Yeah. Did you used to have fun? <laughs> well, as a child. Um, the rational you any time, at any point? No, I've never had fun, Chris. Good. Yeah, no. Stoic. Yeah. The next day... I was I was raised by Spartans. <laughs> fun, fun, fun How the fuck did you get through that? Yeah. It's a mystery to us, though. The next day that never came, Bill. If only you hadn't looked back. But you had. Oh, what's going on here? Turning just for a moment, you had glanced back towards the tree line seeing the fingers of their branches clawing up towards the sky and besides them, the figure. No. At first, you thought you must be mistaken, that your eyes in this hazy blur of twilight were playing tricks on you, but no. When you looked again, he was still there. Oh, I wonder if... Taller than any man could be, Thinner even than the willowy branches that extended ever upwards from the trees. I mean, really? He, yeah. He looms in the distance, like the shadow so of... He's like, a, he's like a centimetre thin. I don't... No. Mm. <laughs> don't know. Listen, we got to remember, it's hazy twilight, Neil. That's true. It's hazy twilight, you can't be sure. Yeah. Like the shadows of some horrible dark truth and that you knew instantly that you had to look away, that if you didn't tear your eyes from that blank, featureless face, then soon the blank would wash over you, become you, and you would walk slowly but surely, as if pulled by some magnetic force towards him. Towards him, though, you feared him. Is Jimmy Savile? Any number of yeah. 70s light entertainers. Though you were scared of his unnatural height, the aching blank whiteness of his face, the arms that seemed to stretch towards you and the slithering tentacles behind, you turned, screwing up your eyes, telling, willing yourself not to look, not to see, not to give in and go to him. Uh, I mean, I've had relationships like this. Were you the one by the tray? Or, no, I don't or, think. Or I don't, looking back? I literally don't think anyone's felt that way about me ever. So I'm obviously the one looking back. Yeah, fair enough. You scream to the others, telling them the same, telling them not to look. But as you open your eyes, you realise they had already looked, Neil. They were already gone. Oh, terrifying. 
Well, so Possibly. I was really along there as well, Chris. So thank, Were you? Thank, thank God that the pets come to an end. God, that would have scared you. Would have scared the hijabas out of you, wouldn't it? Well, I've already filled my uh, adult diapers. Related or no, 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 no. Always sides. Had, okay. had a fairly filthy lunch. <laughs> what did you have? <laughs> Chorizo Jeff Frazee. Mm, very nice. Chorizo <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Frazee. Yeah. Is that is that um is that one of yours or did you buy it from Iceland? Well, uh, yeah, I bought a um yeah bought. A, just chopped about a massive amount of chorizo <laughs> into it. I didn't really eat that for lunch, but I'd be tempted. I'm to touch a guy with a word, yeah. So, possibly the most famous creepypasta character of all time, and certainly the one that has crossed most frequently, frequently into mainstream media. I mean, I will say this. Yes. It's actually a character. So, like, some, we've done a bit of creepypasta, haven't we, on the podcast? And and it'll be Do stuff like... like... Yep, yeah, there's the haunted pop-up, or whatever that one is. <laughs> I quite like the Elevator game. That was yeah, that's cool. very good. Right um, but that's more kind of like an alternative universe or whatever. But, yeah, this is actually a character. So it's... And, again, you know, probably be repeating this quite a bit throughout, but it's very much... The more of a mystery you've got to it, the better it is. It's a bit like, I don't know... You've seen Blair Witch Project, haven't you, Chris? Have, yeah. So a lot of people say, oh, haven't, haven't slept well since now. No, never slept since. That's the beginning of my uh, my insomnia. But no, um, no, I think it's one of those things where if you, you know mm. do you watch it and sort of like um, dark well, or something like that, it's quite it's it's effectively creepy. I'd say you let your I, imagination as, come to the table. As I was taught at my Swiss finishing school, often with scary stories and with makeup. Mm. Less is more. Yeah, leaves their imagination. So the you don't play, Chris. <laughs> That's jazz. Yeah. Oh, Brad. Is that why you do jazz makeup, where you cover your face in makeup, but only around the bits that no one else does, and you leave the bits where you normally put makeup blank? Yeah. Nice. So you've got kind of like a tartan face. Yes. <laughs> mm. Lovely. So, um... The Slender Man, also known as Slenderman. John, hello, John Slenderman here. Right. Hello. John to you. John Slenderman, upholsterers. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, that's a lovely chair. It's got good bones. Do you know what? Like, you know, if, I can see that the cat's been at it. I could upholster, I could reupholster that with you. Proper vintage, uh, you know, proper vintage cloth. I, I've got some of that in the back. I could do that for you. At the moment, you're looking at maybe, you could sell that for maybe 80 quid. If I upholster it for you, a couple of hundred quid, you could probably sell that for about 500. That's 120 in pocket. So I was wondering how quick it would be until Slenderman became a northerner. I think it was about 15 <laughs> minutes. From Slenderman. From Sheffield. Um, so, is a character born of a variety of earlier influences but which itself represents an evolution and the uses and development of folklore. Mm. Violent real-life events linked to Slenderman character increased its infamy and even led to a moral panic based around the possible negative influences and dangers that the fictional character posed to children. Got it all going on, then. Yeah, because it was... Well, yeah, because there was a bit of a moral panic about it. Um, 
Well, I think any any time oh, after um, any time a child stabs up another child, yeah, it's, it's you know it's going to based get on something they read on the internet. Yeah, and mm. obviously the. Uh, I mean, to be fair, well, to an extent, this it's not like the kind of like um, you know we've had moral panics where it's like oh you know we found out they rented this action movie three months before yeah you know, the attack. No, it was a, there was an actual one to one correlation. Yeah. Right. Albeit, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because there was um, <clears throat> there was tenuous links, wasn't there, with the haunted pop-up Red Room one um, and stabbings in Japanese, two stabbings in Japanese schools in the same town. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd forgotten that. I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah. So obviously not close enough to Japanese media to know how big of a Ferrari that was. But uh, I do recall with this one, the kind of like, I mean, I think he made a it making like a Netflix documentary and stuff like that around the. Um, yeah. The assault, yeah. but uh, yeah. So Slenderman's, John Slenderman's appearance. Through adaptation and modification by various authors, sorry, though adaptation and modification by various authors means that Slenderman's appearance can vary somewhat depending on the source, the most common features remain the same. The character is usually depicted as abnormally as an abnormally tall humanoid. Usually wearing a dark suit and tie. I mean, he's pretty dapper, uh, fella. Reese Mogg, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I've not seen him in a double-breasted suit yet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but that's his, that's his, um, that's his night suit. It was a tree branch. Single, single-breasted suit for bed, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When Slenderman, tucks him in. Slenderman's face is almost always completely featureless. And often either white or pale grey. Again, like Reese Mogg. Again, yeah, I mean, it's all adding up. Huge glasses on his face, you wouldn't, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, the Slenderman legend sort of tailed off at the same time as he became an MP, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is true. Uh, Though in some depictions, this blank face does feature an animalistic mouth. Does that mean, like, you know. Don't tell you anything. And it, like, what? Like a. Like a slug's mouth or like an eagle's mouth? Yeah, like a beak. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Mm. I was thinking more like kind of like a, I don't know, like sharp teeth or something. Well, I think that's probably what it's meant to mean. But but yeah, I think you're right. I I think I prefer, yeah, like an eagle's beak. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, Something, what animal has the best mouth? Uh, Leeches have scary mouths, don't they? They've got like rows of... They've got like a ring mouth with like yeah, yeah. rows of teeth, like um, like a tremor or a Mongolian death worm. Um, so Slenderburn is often said to be able to extend or stretch his limbs, like Dal Sim. Yeah, particularly his arms. Fantastic. Yeah, particularly his arms at will, and either has tentacles protruding, just visible from his back, or has tentacle-like appendages in place of his arms. Dr. Octopus. Yep. The character mm-hmm. commonly inhabits liminal spaces, such as the entrance to woods or forests or areas of abandoned ground on the outskirts of more populated areas. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not going to be down a shopping precinct, is he? <laughs> well, to be fair, we did it in the um, Shasta Mountain. We had a load of, um, I can't even remember what they were called, but those uh, little fellas who were like Atlanteans. They were going shopping down there. They were um, really big, they weren't little. Yeah. Or big, big fellas. Yeah. Yeah, the they were going shopping down the old hardware store and stuff, weren't they? 
Yeah, but they were technical boys. That's true. You would have thought maybe they would be, though, if they were from Lemuria or whatever. Maybe he's a Lemurian. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's... um, When when Lemurians go bad this week on History Plus. (laughs) Probably. So, uh, whilst there are a wide variety of Slenderman stories out there, much of the character's effectiveness comes from the fact that there is no single definitive version. Neil, as you pointed out earlier, why, yeah. do, you, do you know what? Wisely. Hey, the, there's time for everything. The initial posts that introduced the character began only fragmentary quotes linked to an image rather than an actual short story or complete narrative. Much like his appearance, however, though the details alter some elements, uh, some elements seem to remain consistent, such as the character appearing by woods or forests, enticing children away from their parents and friends, never to be seen again. I mean, I'll say, if you're making like a YouTube video or something, mm. this is a good way to do it on the cheap, isn't it? What? Just have it near woods? Yeah, we're just filming in the woods. It's something you can do, in it? Without having to get uh, license and stuff, I would imagine, or a permit, what have you. Yeah, mate, do you think that's what it is? It's about getting a permit to film. Yeah, so it's just, just cheap production values, basically. It's like no, when I... You used to get that a lot with, like, um, cheap TV, didn't you? Where they'd just end up... It'd be something, like, based in, I don't know, like, medieval times or something like that. So rather than building a set, because that's all pretty pricey, just go out and wandering through a forest. <laughs> well, yeah. um... Oh, it is the Middle Ages that I am holding a sword. He basically, so Senderman only appears in places where you do not require um, comprehensive insurance to film. Yeah. Like when our friend Graham, uh, in his, when his bands back in the 90s filmed a video for their song and they filmed it in the only car park in the UK where you didn't have to get insurance to film. That's why they chose that car park. <laughs> well done. Yeah, because they were all like they were like lying on top of the car while it was moving and stuff. Health and safety, isn't it? Good oh, those were the nineties, though. They're probably like crazy, reckless days. They're probably jacked up on disco biscuits. I'm, I'm sure they were. Absolutely. Um, so another common trope is that Slenderman exists exerts an influence upon the victims, making uh, them the perpetrator of crimes or violent actions. The character has also been said to call illness, particularly a cough known as slender sickness. Oh, I wonder if this was written pre-COVID. Mm. I was wondering if it hasn't brought back in yet, because, I mean, like, COVID has yeah, all could the have conspiracy. Got big during the whole, uh, yeah. Yeah, now you've all got slender cough. Yeah. As, uh, yeah, from China, where Slenderman's from. Uh, and to induce those who encounter him to suicide... These latter features, uh, namely incitement to violence or suicide, became more prevalent and commonly associated with the characters in a case of art imitating life after real-world violent events or case of attempt and suicide were linked to the character. Yeah, okay. So it's weird, isn't it, like um, reading an internet story... I think this this is a problem with sort of the isolation that we have these days. Because if someone told you a ghost story in the past, yeah, it wouldn't make you feel helpless and want to commit suicide, would it? Well, no, absolutely. Not. Well, I think I think to be honest with you, um, a lot of these things there's pre-existing 
mental conditions mental or whatever, issues, mental yeah. health issues that, um, you know, and, and then this is, you know, the, the, the theme then kind of, I, I don't know that anyone's getting pushed over the edge by reading these things. I think they're probably in a vulnerable position and have various other things that they're not, you know, mm. not going right in their life, what have you. Or, well, I mean, who but knows? I guess if it's one of those... Reasons, can't they? Not a mental health expert. But... but it could push someone over the edge, couldn't it, if they were, like... Sort of we became obsessed it, with it, and then yeah. they were like constantly thinking about it, and it became yeah. Because I think you know, as I understand from this, is like it became this whole big meme or whatever, and then people would like you know write all the stories and become really obsessed with it. Not obsessed, but then like, people in, in a creative way. But then maybe be, some people would, would be would, saying, "Oh yeah, no, it's definitely real and stuff." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, for a lot of people, it's just like a game, isn't it? You sort of like, oh yeah, it's spotted him, and then this and that happened, and it becomes kind of like everyone does their. Well, that was the thing that. Something awful forums. Then that became, the people from there kind of made the chance, and the whole like a lot of the thing which they get enjoyment out of is fucking with people. Yeah, and that's basically you know owning like owning people. You know like, and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter to what detriment it is for that person. Yeah, like that. You know that's kind of. That's kind of the whole thing for them. It's like a weird sort of nihilistic game, isn't it? Yeah, I think for some people, you know, obviously, it's, you know, different for different people. But um, that's why you did it. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. But yeah, no, you get yeah, you get these groups of people who are kind of like harassing folk and stuff like that. I'm yeah. really, you know, that mob mentality. But then that's I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. It's, it's an odd, odd way of behaving. Um, okay, origins. Despite some media outlets adding to the aura of the Senderman mythos by claiming that the figure's origins were unclear, in fact, the character's origin is easily traceable. Slenderman, in his original form, was created by Eric Knudsen under the alias Victor Surge. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like... Um, like a, a, a 1970s Marvel behind the Iron Curtain yeah, supervillain who's like, like power of electricity or something. Yeah, or one of those kind of like, yeah, 60s or 70s, two-fisted kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah, or, or a porn actor. That could also work. Hello, I'm Victor Surge. Uh, Nutson. Tell me about your plumbing. Two-fisted. Uh, Nutson was responding to a call on something awful for posters to contribute digitally altered photographs, which would then serve as the basis for new mythologies or stories. Nutson's effort, posted on June the 10th, 2009, so quite recently, really. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, again, not that recently, but, you know, in the scheme of things. We're quite old, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh showed a group of teenagers and children with the now familiar figure of Slenderman standing in the background. At first glance, the images seem normal, but the figure's anomalous size and featureless face, once noticed, gave the picture an earring and unsettling feeling. Alongside the images, Nutson provided small snippets out of out-of-context text purported to be witness accounts that give hints about the scenes depicted and their relation to the anomalous figure of the Slender Man. So it's basically just saying he knocked up on Photoshop. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, the original things, it was quite quite well done. You know, yeah. it was, um, you know, suitably creepy. And it does make you want, really... it makes you want, like, if Pete, 
So I think things can go one of two ways now, really, because if it it could be because it was fourteen years ago that people were kind of sucked in by this, right, and mm. now people are a bit more wise to it, or if people still have the propensity for like falling for shit like this, then sort of with AI and stuff and deep fake and all of that kind of stuff, then. <laughs> this could get a lot worse before it gets better. Well, yeah, I mean, what you see with this, you know, all the spread dis- disinformation all the rest of it and bots and what have you. But, um, no, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, well, a lot of people just got into this because it was kind of like it was just like a fun, creative game. It's, you know, people have got, you know, knock-off copy of Photoshop at home or something, they're in their, like, teens or something. It's, you know, it's a bit of a hobby, isn't it, I guess, for them to sort of, like, contribute. And, it, you know, it becomes a bit of a sort of communal um, storytelling exercise. You know what? You know, there's like there's I think the big, that what folklore is. You know, there's the big thing. So there's the big writer strike in America mm. because they don't want to pay what, streaming rights or something. One, what what Hollywood, what some of the studios want to do essentially is basically for stuff like procedurals, get AI to write it, and then give the script. To do the second and third drafts to yeah, human polish, yeah. to human writers, but obviously that's less money and, and, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of that. So that's what that's all about. But I quite, I quite like the idea. Well, what you want to? I mean, I think this but, the problem with a lot of movies is just you know they pay the creatives far too much money. You know. Oh yeah, well that's always yeah. been the problem with money. There's not, there's not enough. There's not enough going into the pockets of the executive producers who add so much. No, no, like, that's the thing, isn't it? All the money goes to the creatives, and then none yeah. of it goes to the rinsing the, the accountants. The normal people dry, yeah. But so you know the film um, Airplane, which is really funny. Yep, yeah, I have heard of the Airplane. So, so that, so how they wrote that film is they got um, a script or something. They got like a script which was uh, it come out of copyright, and it was called like terror on flight 769 or whatever yeah and they just took that script and then just wrote in all the they just kept the script and then just wrote in all the jokes on yeah, top yeah. of the script the skeleton was just like one of those disaster movies yeah 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 see i quite like the idea of getting ai to just knock up like just some sort of script and then just going in and punching up the punching up and putting jokes in and stuff because the storyline's really the boring bit <laughs> When it comes to comedy stuff, so I might I might see if I can get get it to write me. I'll just like go, oh, I want a script about this, and then just go in and write all the jokes over the top. Well, there you go. Chat GPT is your friend. I don't know. Does it challenge? I've not actually used it. I've not used it either. Just try and get it to write an episode for us. We'll possibly, hopefully record it as well. <laughs> Be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Quality and dropped. Can it... Um... Do we know, can it, does it just get the information from written stuff or can it also get it from audio stuff? Could we could we feed in every episode we've done and say do an episode and then see I'm, what happens? I'm guessing it would have a big enough sample size to be able to learn from that. But, I mean, it definitely uh, uses images as well. I would imagine, I don't know whether or not they've used, you know, because I think there's, yeah, I would imagine they've been trained on them. Um, yeah, because they've done like they've like done. They've definitely done words and images, but well, know. they've done. But I don't know if it's chat GTP. Oh no, they have because yeah, they've they've, they've, they've done, done music, uh, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've done like yeah, sort of like a uh, Elvis doing whatever. Uh, new Oasis songs and yeah, 
yeah, who knows what else. But I think that's kind of like more um, like singing in the style of like um, yeah. Gallagher or, or Kurt Cobain or what have you. Yeah, they did like, um, I haven't heard it, but they did like do a song about this in the style of Tupac or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then apparently it like, did sound quite like him. Well, there was one as well. I think I saw a reaction video where somebody like um, they'd written a new Drake song, but just on AI. And then oh, I was Drake, like, and, Drake were, and the like, weekend. That was it, yeah. And now I think, I think a lot of the fans were like, "This is actually better than the last one." <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I would... well, probably because a lot of modern pop, there's so much auto tune and stuff like I'd that. Have to che- I'd, I'd, sure. I'd have to check, but I think that we've done more podcasts than Tupac had released songs. Like, had songs, yeah, yeah. so. Well, look, I mean, you could probably definitely copy the irritating cadence of our voice, but uh, no, that's easy. Could, enough, could it pack it? up or could it um, pick up on all the hilarious nuanced banter? And, uh, I mean, again, I think it'd be better. Chat. Yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just gonna... ruthlessly assess what we're doing, going, nah, just punch this <laughs> the fuck up. And it goes, and it goes, mm, under Asimov's first law, I am cancelling this podcast because it's causing. Uh, more harm than good to humanity. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've crunched the numbers. <laughs> You're coming out, coming out behind, lads. Sorry, going to have to go. What? And we're the first victims. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Nudson. That's what tied the artistic community together. Well, actually, to be fair, AI is a good thing on, on reflection. I <laughs> have to admit. Uh, this is a weird episode, isn't it, for 100th? Good. Uh, Nudson's effort posted on the 10th uh, June 2009. Oh, I've already read that bit. Um, By attaching short snippets... You wouldn't get that from AI, would you? Well, you probably would if it was reading our bit. I was going to say, see which which purposeful errors it put in. By attaching short snippets of text with his image and Nudson transformed the lone image into the first Slenderman story, albeit a non-linear and fragmentary form. Following this initial appearance, the Slenderman character was then picked up by other users who either fit him into their own narratives or wrote short accounts of alleged encounters with the character, sculpting as they did some of the features recognised today. Well, I mean, what's really interesting on this, I think, is because um, he kind of put this out and people obviously really responded to it. Mm. Um, but they were there's like a series of YouTube stories. I think, again, they're called Marble Hornets or something like that. I've no idea what that, that name is supposed to mean. But anyway, basically it was like a like a YouTube thing, kind of like a sort of found footage type type right. thing. But they were coming out like 10 days after he's put this up. Okay. Pretty, pretty impressive turnaround time. So I don't know how quickly they were coming out after that. But, um, you know, for, to start doing a YouTube series 10 days straight afterwards. Yeah. Shows obviously that he kind of like, um, cool. you know, hit a nerve. Well, and, um, it's an easy, I guess, like it's, yeah, it's kind of spooky, but it's it's easy enough to recreate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like... Oh, they put someone in a suit and CGI loop. out their face, yeah. Yeah. Or put them in a mask or something, I don't know. Just put a sock over their face, you know what I mean? A pair of tights, no problem. So, uh, with each new detail and new account, posters helped in building a mythos around the character that, because of its viral scope and myriad of conflicting details and accounts, did not retain a canon version and this process happened fast. Mm. The day after Nudson's post, a user named Leechcode5 uh, posted a photo with a backstory featuring Slenderman. By the 14th of June, a user named Trenchmall had used Slenderman in his own story. A user known as Thuru Up uh, posted a story about the figure in Germany who stalked children at the edge of the forest. 
providing an invented historical reference point for the character. Mm-hmm. By June 20th, the same year, Slenderman became the subject of a YouTube video series. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Based upon uh, an earlier Something Awful post by user Troy Wagner. The series, which alleged to detail interactions or discoveries about Slenderman made whilst working on a film project named Marble Hornets. Yeah, there you go, Neil. See, so you're way ahead. You're way ahead of the curve. This might be the one you know the most about. That's scary. Yeah. The it's series of videos was supported by a Twitter feed and a second YouTube channel allowed the character to move from being a text, image, and forum-based phenomenon to being an R A R G, which is alternate reality game. Is that oh, right? okay? I think this is where yeah people basically. They pretend it's a real thing that's happening, yeah. and it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. With the character now being referred to, discussed, and uh, modified across a number of different platforms and modalities by an ever-growing number of contributors. So that's kind of probably why it it seems like maybe the first one, that, or like maybe one of the only ones that's kind of taken off across multimedia. It's kind of jumped the forums and yeah, gone well, into uh, YouTube and stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, something awful, that's, the forums and that start, would have started around, I don't know, 2002, 2003, something like that. You know, mm. that's when these these kind of these things start becoming big, but I guess it just reaches kind of like critical mass. Well, I guess, was YouTube years. quite new in 2009? Maybe. Very new, very new. Yeah. I think I think it literally only just started, pretty much. So uh, that would be... 2009, something like that. So it kind of... But it kind of happenstance, really, that kind of they had these different places that they could uh, experiment with with this kind of thing with, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, you have, like, websites getting big back in the 90s, but, um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, you've got you've basically got Photoshop available and... Um, yeah. Yeah, Cheap. as you say, YouTube and all these other things. It's just what, you know... Open source video stuff. editing software yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, Slenderman creepypasta story. So, here's another story. Um, <clears throat> you ready, Neil? Yeah, Is it? Do you, want, do you want me to? I'll just, you know, I'll just go. I'm, just enjoy you? yourself, Chris. Just, <laughs> just, After waking up with a jolt, the girl laid in bed for a few seconds longer. Reaching over to switch on her bedside lamp, she tried to remember exactly what had stolen her sweet slumber away. When she couldn't, the brunette swung her legs over the side of the bed and heaved herself up. The brunette. The brunette. The bubbly brunette. Checking the time on her phone, she snorted when she saw it was midnight, the witching hour. Knowing that sleep would only evade her, she left her bedroom for the kitchen for a good cup of coffee on her mind. As she passed by her front door, a chill spread like liquid fire down her spine. Oh dear. You shouldn't be drinking coffee at midnight either. No, stupid. No, ridiculous, isn't it? Making your own problems. It's only winter, she told herself, focusing again on the coffee plan. Measuring out... It's not exactly a plan, is it? It's yeah, it's a great plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cup. Well, I've got a plan. Can I've I got five set plans to make a cup of coffee. 
Nice. Measuring out the scoops, water, and preparing her cup kept her occupied. But as the dark liquid boiled, she had nothing left to keep her mind from wandering off. The chill returned. She couldn't help but glance behind her to the front door. It stood there innocently enough, just like always. The dead bolt was still in place and she could see nothing amiss with it. Turning back to her coffee, she did her best to forget about the feeling. With her cup in hand, she started back towards her bedroom. As she walked by the front door, she decided that a quick glance out to peephole would help calm her restless mind. The chill worsened with every step she took towards the door and further away from the safety and warmth of her blankets. She pressed her empty hand against the cold metal door and took a deep breath before leading her eye to the peephole. At first she could only see the inky blackness and somehow seemed to swirl in itself. When she blinked in surprise, the void melted away. She wished it hadn't. Salesman. In his place, there stood what she could only guess was once a man. The limbs were long and... Just your gym membership. <laughs> you want to leave? This is for your neighbour. Yeah. Um... Uh, the limbs were long and inhumanly awkward, with bulky joints branching off into several arms, not unlike the branches of a tree. The creature was draped in a black suit, somehow making the thing more nightmarish to her. Mm. The icing on the proverbial cake, Interesting, however, <laughs> was what Past as the hellish thing's face. It was although her mind blurred the ghastly visage to spare herself further shock or horror. I'm just going to say, because I'm glad he pointed out it was a proverbial cake there, because then I would have been very confused about somebody who was doing some icing. She's, like she's having coffee and cake. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're going to use a cliche, get the cake you from? a cliche, you don't need to point out it's a proverb. Well... You say that, Neil. You're not writing internet stories that we know of. Um, she shoved herself away from the door with hands still pressed against it. The scalding mug of coffee fell, the liquid burning her bare legs as she fell backwards and tried to crawl away from the door. Oh, so she'd made her coffee then? Yeah, she made the coffee. Would you go back to bed? She'd go back to bed, Neil. No, it go out in there. Have a little peep peeps. She knew somehow that her mind hadn't been playing tricks on her. As she crab-walked away from the door, she watched as tendrils as black as the void she first saw snake around through the cracks. The girl was trapped between the instinct to flee and the gut feeling not to turn her back on the door. 
When the door jolted, the urge to flee overcame her, and she slipped in the burning liquid as she tried to make it back to her room. She made this coffee out of. Huh? She made this coffee out of. Molten lava. You're talking about it's hot water, Neil. Hey, it's been what do you make coffee out of? What do you make out of? Fucking Sunny Delight? Yeah. Oh, I bet you do. Uh, she knew deep down that she was trapping herself in a corner, but she knew she had to get away from the door. The girl was halfway down the hallway when she heard the previously locked door creak open. Mm. Don't worry, near the end. She screamed and slipped into a wall, cracking her, my cracking her chin on it and stunning herself. After that, there was only blackness. Dot, dot, dot. Nicole? A warm male voice snapped the woman out of her trance. You know what Tony Slenderman sounds like? <laughs> Nicole? No. Nicole? Sorry. As she turned around, she was met by one of her sister's doctors. She nodded, not sure if she should say anything, or even if she could find her voice if she did have something to say. That morning, she had gotten an urgent phone call from the hospital saying that her sister, Lindsay, was there. Before they had even let her see her, the doctor had pulled her off to the side and insisted they talk about what might have happened. Phrases like self-inflicted and assault had been thrown around and Nicola felt her mind reel. She still hadn't fully understood what they had been saying until she saw didn't say with her own eyes. Her little sister had a bandage wrapped around her head, covering both of her ears as well as her eyes. They said it was to keep her now deadened eyes from drying out and to try and keep infection out of the wounds Lindsay had made to her ears. The doctors had guessed that either she or someone else had jammed a pencil into them to keep her off balance or deafen her against something. There was the mix of the first and second degree burns on her hands, legs and feet from what was assumed to be the coffee her neighbours had found slipped all over the entry to her apartment. As Nicole walked her sister's hospital room the first time, she thought she had spied the silhouette of a man at the window. That she knew was impossible. Her sister's room was on the third storey of the hospital. The end. He's grown up to like... 20, 30 foot in height, whatever then. Yeah. Oh, he's a little prankster, isn't he? He is pranky. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, That was a, a kind of story. So it, 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 it switched it switched characters, didn't it? That's yeah. what happened. What we've, what we've done there is then we've gone to her sister to find mm. out what happened to... So Slenderman made her cut up her ears and... Well, unless she did it herself so she couldn't hear him, whatever is that, whispering sweet nothings. Well, maybe she saved herself. But her eyes are all dried out, so what kind of life is that to live now? That's true. Nice dry eyes, horrible. Going to be paid an absolute fortune in Octrex. Yeah, absolutely. So, behaviour. It's weird that they dropped the story in the middle there. 
Um, yes. my, <laughs> much of the fascination with Slenderman is rooted in the overall aura of mystery that he's wrapped in. Despite the fact that it is rumoured he kills children almost exclusively, it's difficult to say whether or not his only objective is slaughter. Oftentimes it is either reported or recorded that he can be found in sections of woods, and these generally tend to be suburban. He has also been reported to be seen with large groups of children, as many of the photographs portray. It is commonly thought that he resides in woods and forests and preys on children. He seems unconcerned with things being exposed, unconcerned with things such as being exposed in the daylight or captured in photos. It is often thought as well that he enjoys stalking people who become overly paranoid about his existence, purposefully giving them a glimpse of himself in order to further frighten them. Oh, what's he like? <laughs> He's cheeky, isn't he? He's a cheeky fella. He's a cheeky little fella and he lives in the woods. Uh, for this reason, it seems like Slenderman very much enjoys psychologically torturing his victims. He also often appears to float or drift rather than walk. You see, again, I think this is all taken from MasterChef, the Vic and Bob sketch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which suggests the possibility of being an ethereal rather than a creature or man. This would also explain why he is able to remain mobile in spite of his poorly proportioned body. Literally the thing which I was least concerned about. I reckon it's just a balloon. Just a balloon. It's I reckon a it's just, balloon. It's one of those um, yeah. things you get outside the car, American car dealerships the, yeah. with the fan men. People just with overactive imagination is just assuming the worst. Yeah. So even though Slenderman was fabricated on something awful forums, who oh, was he? Wink. Ooh, Some people have already claimed sightings. He is seen mostly at night, peering into open windows, and walks out in front of lone motorists on secluded roads. His main intention appears to be kidnapping children, as when he is seen near them in photographs, they usually disappear shortly afterwards. Although, because they're all sort of saying this, he's like, but I, for all of the stuff that I've been a quick look at, sort of having looked before this. Yeah. I haven't seen anywhere he's actually killing folk. Like people disappear around him and stuff like that, or harm themselves or harm others. It's more of a nuisance than anything, yeah, it seems really. To be more, it seems to be more kind of like a catalyst for chaos. He's like one of those people who knocks on your door trying to get you to sign up for a charity or whatever. If you just ignore them, they go away. Eventually, yeah. Eventually. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of stones being thrown here, but has anyone thought that maybe he's sort of a childlike benign creature that kind of relates to children like Sloth from the Goonies or Michael Jackson. I was going to say, yeah, I thought you yeah, Michael Jackson was going to get referred to either. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't know, do we? And do you reckon... Just wants to hang around with, you know, maybe he's... his end game? We don't know. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a slender boy, not yeah. a slender man. Maybe Slenderman are even bigger. And, um, and he just wants to hang... And, you know, he just wants to hang around with kids and have a bit of a play. Yeah. Maybe he's just like... Um, or maybe he's been sent back in time to murder future Hitler-type kids. <laughs> You know, that's what everyone, everyone reckons they'd do if they've travelled back in time, wouldn't they? Go on Neil, this is why you always get called on to the stand as an expert in child murder cases. <laughs> expert witness. Yeah. Well, I think you'll find that the uh, the accused was sent from the future. And the child was be extremely desperate. <laughs> and what child they call the last, the last throw of the dice. The child, believing that the child was going to become a Hitler-style character. It's so facto, you're on that. <laughs> And if, that, and, if, and if that 
look, I don't have to prove it, but you know, if that if that if there's a seed of doubt there, then you must acquit. Um, so the Cinderman uh, also inspired many stories, such as those of Marble Hornets. In the end, though, his purpose remains unknown. I mean, this is the thing: is what is his end game? As with well, so many, I of don't those. know. Like child murder. This, this always bothers me, but there was. Yeah, but that's is that into itself? I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm maybe because you know, child. Maybe he needs their souls because children are pure. Okay, maybe it's that. Some children <laughs> are pure. I mean. Maybe, maybe he finds them delicious now. Could what? be as simple as that. Man got to eat. Like that, on that uh, Stephen King novel, wasn't it? With the clown who ate kids. It? Yes, that was it. Oh, did he? What, he just found kids Probably. delicious? If they were frightened or something. Yeah, something like Lovely. That. Yeah, that's why like people piquant, like... Piquant so, flavour to the... Uh... That's why people like lamb. No. Um, so, uh, an interesting take on Slendy Man... We're mates now, me and him. Yeah, well, uh, By a pastor member who was relying on Arbor Hall's exterior for evidence facts. So here's someone's take. <laughs> oh, do you reckon it's hot? Probably pretty hot. Okay. It's in this article. There has been a big misconception about my pal, the Slender Man, due to the appearance of this article. He does not have hair on his face. Thanks very much. Everything else is correct. There is also some questioning as to whether or not there is more than one. I find it unlikely. It's more likely slender fucking with your head in order to make you think there is more than one, which he is known to do. As of now, Slendy has three or four known accomplices. These are Hoodie, Masky and Rake, and possibly the Observer are. I'm going to have to correct you on that, Chris, because I'm sort of following along. These are Hoodie Masky and The Rake. The Rake, sorry. Because he sounds like a Georgian gentleman. It was a little bit naughty. The Rake. <laughs> the Rake likes going down I never, both, yeah. both <laughs> prostitutes, yeah. establishment and the Molly Houses. The, tru- the truth is, dear Emma, I never planned to marry you in the first place. No. <laughs> the Rake is dissolute. And now you are a fallen woman. Uh, not much is known yet because the next episode of the Noah Maxwell ARG has not yet been released. In the Marvel Hornets ARG, Hoodie and Maskey are possibly his followers. In the Everyman Hybrids ARG, the Rake seems to be working with him, but we aren't really sure if that's true or not. Okay, so we've now reached the point where I've no fucking clue what anyone's saying. That's so the, that got... always happens with these internet-based ones. Yeah, yeah. So he's just basically. Hoodie, so that just sounds like, you know. Well, Centerman turns up sometimes with the black-eyed kids, and they're basically hoodies, aren't they? Yeah, a hoodie could be. I mean, I've been known to wear a hoodie from time to time. Oh, what, when you're out stealing kids with Slenderman? Could be. Could be. Yeah, all right, the rake. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find your reputation is completely ruined now. No one will go into business with you with the hood. Uh, so, Slenderman historical references, and this should be good. Brazilian, Brazilian cave paintings. <laughs> the earliest argued reference to this legend within, uh, is within cave paintings found in the Serdi Capivara National Park in the northeast of Brazil, which are believed to date as far back as 9000 BC. 
These paintings show a strangely elongated character leading a child by the hand, but they make no reference to the experiments. So I guess my question here is, did they actually... <laughs> oh, it's getting a whiff of the ancient aliens about it. It's good. What? So did they... Um... So despite the fact earlier in the article you said this we conclusive evidence this bloke made it up in 2009, you're now going, mm, well, the earliest thing about Sunderman was 9,000 BC. <laughs> Pick a fucking side. <laughs> well, I mean, they did say, or, or, did, or, did, or was it from 2009? <laughs> there was the one editorial note they got. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is obviously all part of the fun, isn't it? People yeah. pick these out. I'm wondering whether these are photoshops or whether someone just found something that looks like it could be a... You know, just, yeah, yeah, of course, that's what it is. Yeah, you can find any, if you can interpret anything, yeah, anything to be anything from ab, like from something an ab, very abstract, abstract like yeah. a cane painting. Yeah, Egyptian hieroglyphs. Mm. The next known possible reference to the Slender Man comes from around 3100 BC in Lower Egypt with reference to the Thief of the Gods or the Thief of Kuk. <laughs> yes. Becoming commonplace during the reign of Pharaoh uh, Weisner, a famous German one. Yeah, turns out. Hieroglyphic, <laughs> hieroglyphic carvings representing the thief were found in the Pharaoh's tomb, who was rumoured to have some kind of encounter with the entity. Carving resembles a strange figure with multiple upper limbs, one that has never been found in any other hieroglyphic language. Mm -hmm. German woodcuts. Nice. Renowned German woodcutter Hans Freckenberg created at least two woodcuts featuring a character he describes the Ritter, the knight. During the mid-16th century, uh, century that were discovered in Haltingburg Castle in 1883. While Freckenberg was well known for his realistic depictions of the human anatomy, something that was unusual amongst the wood something that was unusual amongst woodcuts of the time. Their pictures featured a skeletal, multi-limbed character. Historians are unsure of the exact symbolic nature of the characters, which some, with some claiming that it's a personification of the religious wars that raged in Europe at the time, while others say it represents the mysterious plagues that are believed to have been the reason for the mysterious abandonment of the Hasberg Castle and nearby villages in 1543. However, many insist that uh, Freckenberg was attempting to represent the Grob Man, the Tall Man. Oh, the Gross Man. The Gross Man, is it? Yeah, that uh, funny B-shaped character is a double S, basically. Oh, okay. In German. Strong, just saying two S's. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, Neil. We're not any more yeah. right than anyone else. Don't believe that. According to legend, he was a fairy who lived in the Black Forest. Bad children who crept into the woods at night would be relentlessly chased by the Gross Man who wouldn't lead them until he either caught them or they were forced to tell their parents of their wrongdoing. Another one of these lovely German fairies. Yeah, well, as we know from the uh, Father Christmas, Christmas stories that we, we, we went through, yeah, these are, he had a whole gang of uh, child catchers and God knows what else. Even then, there is a chilling account from an old German uh, journal, Freudian slip, dating from about 1702. My children, my lads, he is gone, taken from his bed. The only things that were found was a scrap of black clothing. 
as it feels like cotton, but he's softer, sicker. Lars came into my bedroom yesterday, screaming at the top of his lungs. The angel is outside. I asked him, <laughs> straight on, eh? Yeah. I asked him, uh, what is he talking about? <laughs> and he told me some nonsense about the Gosman. He said he went into the Grosbar village and I found one of my cows dead, hanging from a tree. I thought of nothing at first, and now he's gone. We must find Lars and my family must leave before we are killed. I'm so sorry, my son. I should have listened, my God forgive me. Quite sure. No. I don't know what happened to Arnie at the end there, but... Uh... Uh, Roman mythology. Romanian? Romanian mythology. Yeah. There is also a Romanian fairy tale. It makes you wonder how many wrong things I say when you're not reading along. Um, there's also a Romanian... The thing is, like, I'm not I'm not on edge at the moment. I feel like I've got you as a safety net. Yeah. There is also a Romanian fairy tale which tells the legend of a tall man. Featuring description which may have taken to refer to the Slenderman. The tall man stood in the clearing, dressed as a nobleman, all in black. Shadows lay over him, dark as a cloudy midnight. He had many arms, all long and boneless as snakes, all sharp as swords, and they writhed like worms on nails. He did not speak, but made his intentions known. In the fairy tale, the tall man causes a mother to kill her husband and child before he slid from the fireplace and clenched her into his burning embrace. That's a, that's a tale about extramarital affairs, isn't it? Well, I like the fact as well, they're trying to allude to the fact that he's still wearing his black suit all the way back through to like 9000 BC or whatever. Yeah. So as many will know, the uh, the modern suit, I think it was invented, well, it was probably based on like Bude Brummel's um, been around Prince Regent and all that sort of thing. I think my, yeah, I think that's pretty well, much I don't right. know the history of suits. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Well, there you go. It was when um, he was a dandy. He used to hang around with the uh, Prince Regent. Right. So uh, 1780s or whatever. Yeah, so he was the first first person who was kind of like where people would wear trousers and kind of like... Um, the, oh, more or less where the modern jacket. suit comes from is Bue Brummel. He used to wear, yeah. And very tight mm. trousers, apparently. Very nice. Me too. Uh, and English mythology... There is also an English myth referring to Tree Man. I just like the fact that there's somebody hanging around in like 14th century Germany in a mohair suit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, who is said to have a slim body with appendages that look like tree branches. He is only known to be seen in the woods because yeah, he's a fucking tree man, mate. Yeah. And was used as a story that parents sold their children to thwart bad behavior. There have been quite a few disappearances of children that have been said to be linked with the Tree Man. I mean, I was I was thinking of this earlier actually. Just like when they kept describing it as being like yeah, all the limbs looking like branches, that did sound a bit like the Green Man. Yes. Well, I guess is the nature. What they're saying, yeah, yeah, that sort of that kind of thing. Yeah, um, which is often on medieval churches. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a. There's a little nod to symbol. the fact that we were pagans. <laughs> exactly. We're pagan, really. Yeah. Give you a little bit of something just to uh, tide you over. So. Uh, folklores and faceless friends. So, far from being simply a flash-in-the-pan internet meme, Slenderman, and particularly the way in which the character grew within the public consciousness, has been the subject of serious academic investigation, like today, mm-hmm. within the world exactly, of folklore yeah. studies. 
with, very rigorous yeah. studying with very people, rigorous yeah. reading out an article with scholars pointing out uh, that the aspects of collectivity and variability and performance in the development and spread of the Slender Man story, it's, uh, story identifies as a true piece of folklore. Mm. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Because you can see these things from start to finish and you can see them develop and it's kind of like over a very short time frame. Yeah, which I think is quite interesting because then you mm. can, yeah, you can actually, I mean, I guess people are probably studying these things and seeing how they've evolved in real time because obviously, as opposed to kind of like a real urban myth back in the 50s or 60s, it might yeah, have or taken the 20 years to, yeah, whatever it might be, where it's, you know, been embellished over hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're looking at like a 10 year window or something, Max. I mean, actually, this one seems to have been kind of like, Start was starting in 2009 and was pretty much over by 2000 and sort of well 13 14 by the looks yeah. of it 14 is when the um the incident with the uh the kids um, right. occurred and I think that that kind of put the final nail in the coffin for a lot of them while well, Hollywood was still trying to work out how to monetize Use this it, yeah yeah so the egalitarian way in which the character was constructed, his attributes, characteristics and intentions being argued about and discussed by a range of different contributors, and the fact that the details might change depending on who's telling the tale and to whom uh, and to whom is fascinating to folklorists. Some of whom have argued that the development of Slender Man in this way demonstrates a new stage in the evolution of folklore as a whole. The argument basically goes that prior to the invention of the printed word, folklore was spread by word of mouth. The basic outlines of a story remain the same, but since the story is being retold on different occasions, with attention given to the audience's preferences, details, and some aspects of the stories would change. Yeah, because a lot of the stories are really, like, they kind of, like, a lot of stories are really similar, but you just kind of say that the monster was in like the lake which is near where you are do you know what i mean like yeah. you just you just kind of you just localize just kind of an already sort of the skeleton of a narrative to, to local. No, absolutely it's like you know um, king arthur being in tintagel and all that sort of thing that, a lot of that is embellished years after the fact um so once everything was printed accepted versions came into being and the story could be codified was it tintagel? Different... how do they pronounce that Tintagel. Tintagel, yeah, thank you. I know I, I, know I always pronounce it wrong, that's all I know. Um, with the freedom, anonymity, 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 yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm not to pronounce words, but Nathan Chris. And uh, multiplicity afforded to the internet, that rigid structure is now breaking down in the original feature of folklore where things could be changed, details varied, and... Specifics come blurry are returning. The Slender Man and the way in which the characters develop are a prime example of this. Interestingly, this collaborative development also contributes to the effectiveness of the character and fits perfectly with the fact that he is depicted as faceless. Mm -hmm. By not having definable or recognisable features, Slenderman remains formless and entirely malleable in the same way a universal bogeyman does. And I think there's an interesting thing there, isn't there? Because it does, it's a bit of a Rorschach test, I suppose, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because you can, you can project whatever you like onto this, which is quite clever. Yeah, I mean, me being someone with kind of uh, a naive childlike wonder, imagined if you might be like Sloth from the Goonies. Mm -hmm. Someone else said he eats kids, you know? Yeah. Just depends mm -hmm. where your head's at, doesn't it? But he got no mouth. How are you doing that? Oh, he's got an animal's beak, isn't he? That's true, yeah. Said. 
Um, a creature known to be a threat by all, but upon which anyone can project their own fears. Some scholars have also pointed out how the features that did develop to define Slenderman's characteristic have their roots in much older folklore. For example, the character stated as a malevolent force dwelling, uh, dwelling in the forests or woods and threatening harm to children has massive echoes of the traditional big bear wolf narrative or tales of the headless horseman, whilst the vagueness of his appearance and intentions proclivity, sorry, for kidnapping children links him to fairies and fey folk, mm. a link that has been explored by noted scholars in folklore. The kidnapping element also ties the Slenderman character to other mythical bagmen known to carry off children, such as the European tradition of the bagman, who would take children away, uh, and everyone associated with Santa as well. Yep. The story surrounding the Slenderman, his ability... Uh, to seemingly entice children to come to him rather than offering them violence, at least in any form that's explicitly described in the stories, has heavy echoes of the Pied Piper of Hamden, the mythical figure who had the ability to induce rodents to follow him using his pipe and was therefore able to drive them out of Hamlin and was double. We all know the story. Yeah. It has been pointed out pointed out that outside the internet, the Senderman retains the power to concern and worry parents because he represents a classical notion of something that's a threat to children that they cannot fully explain or define. Again, this is partly due to Senderman's inherent vagueness and that most could not pin down his origins, for example, a particular television or show or game. He has said seem to uh, seem to concern parents to have been conjured from nothing and yet be a character that is known amongst children and teenagers. Very much like, um, what's his face? Top. Andrew Tate. Oh, he's yeah, got, yeah. He's kind of a vague character that came out of nowhere and isn't known by parents. <laughs> yeah, he, by he's teenagers. faceless as well. Faceless as well, yeah. Yeah. Not wearing uh, a seat, though. Steals children. Underage girls, for his, yeah, if you but if you believe um, the entirely believable case against allegations him. against him, yeah, uh, that Romania or something, yeah, Romania, yeah, where they've put the kibosh on that business, good for them, because he basically bragged that that's why he moved to Romania, yeah, that's good idea, good, good hustle there. <laughs> the idea, it was nice to see someone like that trip themselves up, isn't it? Yeah, but he's evolving as well. He's kind of becoming sort of religious and even more culty. Oh, God. Yeah. The, uh, the idea that the character reported to be able to entice children as a within the story is also so enticing and popular with them in the real world is a blurring of boundaries, and parents found it threatening, especially when the Senderman's influence was seen to extend it beyond the internet and into real life. So we're going to briefly have a look at the... Yeah, this the article then goes on to the the, the real world incident, which uh, yeah. so real life and moral panic. So in 2012, a girl in Wisconsin was stabbed 19 times by two classmates, who then attributed their actions to being in the service or trying to meet the demands laid down by a Slenderman. While well, one of the perpetrators also claimed to have spoken to the Ninja Turtles and characters from Harry Potter series, it was a reference to the ominous sounding Slenderman that caught the public's imagination. I didn't. Donatello told me to do it. 
Well, yeah, well, this is the thing because I've not, I'm not, I haven't seen the the the, the Netflix series, but I did read mm. an article about this. I didn't talk about this, but that's quite interesting. And I wonder how much of that was overlooked at the time. Because one thing I will say, and again, we're not mental health professionals, but one of these um, young people was clearly uh, schizophrenic issues. Yeah, and I believe they're, they're, <clears throat> it was actually a genetic thing. So their their father had had, and he was on medication. He was he was um, coping okay with it, and they decided not to tell them until they were older because they didn't want them to worry them ironically yeah. um so clearly one of them just had extreme mental health issues and needed yeah. medication um the other one sounds like a bit of a bright little psycho though they, they've kind of come out and she just she's just kind of like didn't didn't seem to have any kind of like a base kind of issues but was just kind of like yeah and then you know we, we sort of stabbed her and then told her she better yeah but then that sounds like someone who could have the again you know i'm not going to diagnose someone but if you no, have no, that exactly. lack of empathy then you could have a form of psychopathy yeah. Or sociopathy, because uh, because children children aren't born really without like very few children born or people are born without empathy, and it is generally means that you have got, and that's not a good thing. But I'm not having a go at people who are born without it. It just means that you're, you're slightly you you think differently about things. You don't necessarily have empathy for other people. Yeah. Should probably be like should be the next. Should, oh, you should be the next CEO. Should run the next Faranos, won't yeah. you? <laughs> or something, you know, some, yeah. But a lot of them, you know, massive, whatever. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Karen. No, no, I was just going to, what was I going to say? Um, but yeah, interesting that she also, that the, one of them thought that she'd also spoken with Harry Potter characters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles, because, yeah, I wonder whether that's that just downplayed for, for an easy yeah. narrative. But I think it sounds like past it. it. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, the one, the good news here is, is that the, um, you know, the, the, the victim actually survived and they seem to, well, again, I only read it very quickly, but they seem to have sort of been able to put it past them, so past them as, as much as I yeah. can. But yeah, it's a horrible case, obviously. So particularly as this was something uh, that the more tech-savvy younger generation seems to be aware of and which their parents were in the dark about, when with the police chief uh, of the area where the stabbings occurred, adding to the sense of trepidation by commenting that the internet is full of dark and wicked things. The thing right. is, I mean, these these kind of things. It, I mean, it's a bit like you know when you had the the Jane Bulger killing. Oh, and right, it was yeah. kind of like yeah, satanic. But well, because yeah, those I mean, those are absolutely fictional. But it's these things seem to sound like because the, the article I read actually it tied this into. I don't know if you've ever heard of. Um, there was a case in New Zealand. There's a movie called Heavenly Creatures. Peter Jackson. Oh right. Before Lord of the Rings. Anyway, it was about basically it was a case in New Zealand in the fifties. There was an English girl and a New Zealand girl. But they were both real, real fantasists, and they used to hang around just exclusively together and come out with all of these really kind of like, um, you know, intricate worlds and things like that. And when the um, English girl was going to go abroad, they decided to murder the New Zealand lady's mother so they could stay together. I mean, they just had this complete... They said even when they were in court and stuff like that, they were kind of like, they were just really immature and kind of like were just in this fantasy world. Um, They they kind of didn't almost realise what they'd done. It just, you know, it it seems to... It can happen. Yeah, it can, you know, it just... It, it's happened before, and sadly, it'll probably happen again. Is where people just get too much into their own head and just don't think about the consequences of their actions. Or on again, not 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 experts in any of this, so not trying to you know. But then you could tell you that you know, say, I think it's just convenient to sort of say it's uh, well. But then that like that bloke who turned up at that pizza restaurant because of QAnon, like right, hmm. with a fucking automatic gun. Yeah. 
you know, Demanding like to see where the, the dungeons were. Yeah, know. all of that's well, fantasy. They don't even have a fucking basement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean? Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's somebody, I mean, that's. I think the. I think. I'm for, I think. I think that that stuff can happen, like you said, happened in the fifties and stuff. I think that the internet's quite a good breeding ground for it as well, though. Yeah, people who just get too too far down the down the rabbit yeah. hole with these things, and unfortunately, yeah, you've got people now weaponizing this kind of stuff where are actually kind of like you know spreading deliberate disinformation, which can yeah. You know, actually, end up with and people, people doing it for uh, people like profiting from it, as yeah, well. profit or just for for political reasons or what have you, but just for, or just for kicks if you're one of the oh yeah, or just people. someone yeah yeah just kind of like like spreading yeah just creating chaos and you know if someone gets killed then so be it you have to be you know fucking I'm safe tiny here. soul yeah exactly. So, following the incident, a moral panic arose across the United States with parents and teachers voicing their concern about the possible negative influence of the Slender Man. These concerns were further driven into a frenzy by incidents in 2014 and 15 that were linked to the Slender Man mythology. In 2014 uh, incident, a young girl was alleged to have set fire to her home in Florida with her mother and siblings inside. The media reports later pointed out that, amongst other things, notably solely to by uh, uh, at uh, Okobu, the girl had been re- reading the stories of the Slender Man. And in 2015, a spate of attempted suicide amongst young people on the Pine Ridges Indian Reservation was linked back to the character who was cited as being an influence. The involvement of supernatural forces in the suicide epidemic was underlined when a high ranking official from the uh, Oglala. Sioux tribe mentioned belief in a suicide spirit. Yeah, because there's um, yeah, because there, there's another there's like a much um, much older thing which maybe Slenderman came from, which is of a tall, thin spirit in mm-hmm. First Nation traditions, um, which which can which kind of can. Tries to convince people to commit suicide, so I think that's probably where Sandman came from. Yeah, I think it's just a, a mixture of things, isn't it? So that's probably where some of the embellishments and stuff came yeah. from. But yeah. Conversely, it's interesting to note that Sandman entered the mainstream media, became linked to these real life incidents. Uh, the character's popularity online showed significant signs of waning, with a massive dip in popularity and related outposts. It's also significant that it was in the wake of these real-life incidents that the picture of Slender Man as a benevolent or protecting figure became began to emerge. Yeah, because it's not you know it's probably not as much fun making up these stories when they're sort of, sort of, sort of trying to claim that it's, it's you know it's, it's causing kind of real-life incidents. Yeah, I mean we won't get too much into it, but this is what seems to have happened because obviously you know they tried to make um, some movies out of this. I think D- Doug Jones was in some some Slender Man movie which was far too late, and then they seem to have had to. I don't know what it... They, they seem to have cut out a load of the bits that might have been too similar to real-life events, so... I mean, what it says to me is that Slender Man was trying to get out in front of it and hire a PR firm to rehabilitate yeah. his image. His image, yeah. Classic, classic. Classic. Classic Hollywood. <laughs> not, not in our modern era, Slender Man. No, you don't. So, uh, influences... I've spotted I've spotted a little little character here who's gonna get, get very excited about the end of this paragraph. Who is I am. Yeah. Okay. 
The fact that the Sandman character in mythology was constructed by a disparate collection of creators over an extended period of time means that pinning down individual influences that may have contributed to the character's construction can be difficult. However, it is possible to trace some figures, tropes, and characteristics that almost undoubtedly helped shape the figure of Sandman. Amongst the influence that Knudsen has acknowledged are Stephen King, the figure of the tall man in the horror movie Phantasm. Nice. The work of H.P. Lovecraft, as suggested by the appearance of the tentacles, yep. and the mad gasser of Mattoon. Yeah. <laughs> so what's he got to do with it? I've got no idea. No, I've got no idea how he relates to this. I mean, it's kind of like he... Um... He creates the kind of hysteria and stuff, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, uh, odd. But there you go. He was inspired by the man gas of the team. That's and nice. if you want to hear what he was all about, uh, then you can listen to the episode yeah. from like series one or two. Uh, one of the most immediately obvious influences not mentioned by the author are the men in black characters in uh, that populate many sci-fi television programs have one incarnation in the Matrix films. Usually these figures are thought to represent some shadow government agency rather than being cryptids or malevolent entities in their own light, right? But the dark suit is definitely reminiscent. Or if you're Dan Aykroyd, who yeah. believes that he's actually been followed by them because of his alien knowledge. His UFO knowledge, yeah. Uh, trying, to, trying to wipe his memory. But he just always one step ahead. Yeah, he's just coming for them. Flick cigarettes and vodka at him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think that like, the suit just helps to ground it, doesn't it? And it's yeah. probably, you know, easier to Photoshop, frankly. But, um, yeah, if it was just like a tree thing, it probably wouldn't look as scary again. It's less is more, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think, I think it, yeah, it's probably just that was what he had, like, yeah. stock image of. Yeah, just stretch it out a bit, yeah. right out the face, and it makes it look a bit more eerie. Uh, a spin-off... Of this theme, uh, and another possible influence are the characters of the gentleman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode Hush. I think that's unlikely. Yes. Um, Great. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not going to read that bit. Um, Again, I'm going I'm to knock in French, because they actually were called the Observers, and they were sort of bored on in suits, but uh, it was literally the year before, but I mean, who knows? Jack Skellington, they've got here as well from Nightmare. Jack Skellington. Mm, Christmas is spookins. Uh, good to see that the comments are continuing uh, the good old tradition here underneath. Uh, from Rebecca B. 11. Even though I'm 23, I still have a feeling that something unnatural has been watching me since I was five. I still have dreams about him, and it feels like I spent a million years trying to hide from him. Yes, I want to see him and be around him. Sophs, me too. I always get the feeling that I'm being watched from my closet. My grandma died in the room with the, uh, with the closet, but the feeling I get is creepy and contains malice. My cat stares into the closet as well. Clear proof of supernatural entities. Kit Kat. Dude, I had the same feeling. I keep thinking something or someone is watching me. It's creepy, but I kind of want to meet it at the same time. Oh, be careful, Kit Kat, what you ask for. <laughs> Very careful. I mean, everyone, everyone's kind of had that from time to time, haven't they? Where you kind of like, it's just a, our senses are hardwired to sort of like when it's for predators dark. when it's yeah, dark. Yeah. yeah, so, you know. Yeah. Mm, so there you go. There's the Slender Man. Oh, what's this? Silence Girl. 
Back then in elementary school, when Sanderman was new to me, I wasn't sure if it was real or fake. Me and my friends at school decided to walk all the way across the fields to the woods. We weren't supposed to go there, but we were young and dumb. And one of my friends dared at least one of us to go in the woods. And in my little friends group, I was the quiet one. And of course, they put me up to the idiotic task. So I walked into the woods and found nothing but a dead bird, trash and horrible stenches. So I left as soon as I, and as soon as I got out, they ditched me. And I heard something, I looked behind me and saw a quick moving tall shadow. And me being young and dumb, I ran and went home. I'm going to assume that it was a bird or something. To be honest, I don't even know why I shared it. It was that long ago. But yeah, possible, but yeah, possible slender sighting. I mean, no, not really, but fair enough. So, I mean, there's still people who are going on about it, but I mean, it's, yeah. Well, like as well, sketchy Sarah's thing. If I saw a tall shadow that was possibly slender, mm. they've all got little names for them, haven't they? I would have tried to find him and ask if I could be a proxy. Why? 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 Good to, good to know you've got an ambition there. Well, good to know what your reasoning behind that is. Like, what's yeah, what's the what's the end game for that? I just think you know, normal people are far more terrifying than any Slenderman apparition, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I really hope I meet Slenderman so I can steal children. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been a dream of mine. Um, yeah, so that's Slenderman. So that I think that's probably the most comprehensive that we've been with. Uh, you know, so quite fitting well, for one hundred characters. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the least funny as well. Yes, absolutely. So, excellent. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's quite an intriguing one, but we've probably heard most of it before. I think I think it was interesting as well. Is that um, <clears throat> I, I kind of like uh, feel that this is one that's well. I wonder how much longer it's going to stick around. But you know, in- interesting to watch the development of something. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the internet. I guess the thing. I guess with um, with the internet stuff. Uh, what was that one, the creepy pasta one we looked at? Um, I can't remember. But the thing is, like, you're like the people who were like doing all the Sender Man stuff and all of that. Like, a new group of people might find it in ten years, and then like try and find out more about it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there was what was the one? The creepy pasta one we did like not that long ago, and. Um, well, you got um, resurrected or something. Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah, because I can. Um, okay, so should we go to our scoring system, Neil? Yes, let's. So, spookiness. Yeah, what do you quite, reckon? It's quite spooky. One thing is I don't, I'm not I'm not 100% on what it's sort of... Supposedly it's killing people and all the rest of it, but it's... Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of fear of the unknown, I guess, isn't it? The things just out in the, the corner of your eye and things like that. It's... I think what's quite good as well is that nothing is really definitive about. It's just like little, um, you know, little, little uh, nods to what little uh, characteristics that they've got. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, I think. Seven out of 10. What I was thinking was camera heads. Oh, okay, yeah. Because um, that was quite, quite a famous one. Um, so... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, I think the fact that it's got all the photos and stuff is good because then it can kind of get s- stuck in your sort of hmm. your your um your not your third eye, your uh, internal visual whatever vortex. Or, yeah, yeah, don't know. Um, so, <clears throat> and it's 
yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of it's the reason it's it's uncanny valley spooky, isn't it? Because it's humanoid, yeah. but without a face and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's quite a like visually, it's quite a scary character. Um, I think the fact that it kind of can, I mean, you don't. I guess that no one sort of survives to say what it does is yeah, kind exactly. of the, the um, is what's implied, um, and the and the fact that it can, if you look at it, it can kind of um, hypnotize you or kind of take over your mind and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a good it's a good good enough yeah. campfire story. Do you know what I mean it's not like super obvious either, like. Yeah. You know, and then he had a hook for a head or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he yeah, had the head of a goldfish. Ah, so yeah, I think I'll join you. I'll join you on uh, Planet Seven. Yeah. So believability. Um, so I mean, so I think that there were people who knew, obviously, that they're just like they were mucking around, and it was fun for them. I think, unfortunately, some people. Not, I don't know how many, but I think I don't know whether it's all a nod and a wink. Yeah, like the yeah. people who are putting in the comments here that they, oh, it might have been. I don't know whether it's like a nod and a wink thing yeah, that yeah, everyone exactly. knows it's bullshit and that and everyone just sort of carries it on. I'm not sure how much people do believe it or not. Clearly, some people have, but people who have, or perhaps have, um, or have used it as an excuse or whatever. Yeah. This is the thing. It's difficult because it's a, because it's an internet meme. It's difficult to to know whether some people. I mean, I would imagine some people have got believed in it. So I'll give it some believability. Do I believe in it? No, of course not. Um, so I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult because because the internet is just like like. Most of it is just people going, "Oh yeah, I believe it." Wink, wink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm going to go down the middle and give it a five. Nil. Well, it's going to be a high one for me, Chris. Ten out of ten because there's photographic <laughs> evidence. So it's, oh, okay. you know, I don't know what more you need. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I think, as you say, the vast majority of people are just, you know, just playing a game, um, just enjoying, kind of like saying that thing, or you know. Um, so no, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, don't think anyone's really getting drawn in by that much, other than people with clear mental health issues who are also getting drawn in by Ninja Turtles and Lord knows what else. And probably think you know all sorts of things are talking to them. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think it's reasonably low on this one. I think it's a four out of ten because I think. I think people just. It, I think it's more what was fun about this one, but then what's fades it away and why it's not so strong on believability and why I don't think it'll last that long is it, it was a fun thing for people to play and to build on the mythology. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people really sort of convinced themselves. But I mean, this might be a feature of a lot of the stuff that comes over the internet, you know, before where it was a sort of tale as to, you know, you could get away with saying, oh, well, somebody used to live in the woods and then they murdered like 20 people. Yeah. And they say he still haunts it to this day. Like, well, I don't really believe that, but... Who knows? You know, you could you could get away with saying something like that, whereas now you can clearly see what the lineage and stuff of all of this is. So yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Kind just, of, I think it just takes the believability away, really. And you know, yeah, stuff like very young and impressionable storylines about there being like a, a like a 
uh, oh, he might be a bit demonic, but like a murderer living in the woods yeah. is more believable and probably more scary than all this, to be honest. And like those stories definitely exist when you live near woods. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. Or there's like, you know, like cannibal hillbillies or something. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> that kind of stuff's kind of, yeah, that's better than this, really. Yeah. So, yeah, full, full from me, unbelievability, I think. Okay. Uh, narrative premise, Neil. I think this is a funny one, this, because I think, weirdly, because there's not much to hook onto initially, or rather, because it's quite blank, um, there, there's, a, there's a fair amount. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's not going to be like massively high, I don't think, because I don't think, well, I think the fact that, the fact that kind of like everyone just been able to um, make stuff up, I think, gave it, there's lots of gaps and lots of things you can you can embellish was quite good and sort of like um people were able to sort of build on it and all that sort of thing. But there's only so far you can go on it. And I think this is why they haven't been able to make a successful movie or anything like that. Because well, you know, it's not it just hangs that you know, the 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 it's something that works, I think, um, you know, on a web forum or something like that, or as a spooky story, it's something very, very quick. Um, but yeah. trying to write like a whole book or a series or a movie, it just doesn't feel like it can stretch out to that long. But so I think I'm I'm in two minds about this. So I'm going to give it a six. Six. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, you could, do, I mean, you can do films about any old shit. So it's. I mean, you could you could make up a whole backstory, but then it would just I think you just it would become rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Because if you have more detail. Uh, it's the lack of detail that makes it interesting. And then the more detail you add, I think the more it diminishes it. Yeah. So what, so in itself, it doesn't have a good narrative premise, right? Oh no. So it doesn't have a good narrative, but it's a good premise, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So that, so the narrative poor, but the, pre, but you know, kind of, um, I don't know, like, Kind of as a as a basis to do your own thing, it's quite good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so really like positive. um, like a like a sponge cake. It's it's not brilliant on its own, but it's a good basis to embellishment to embellish a you know a very tasty yeah. cake. Could be jam, could be lemon curd, depends on how you feel. Exactly, it could be fresh strawberries and creams. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean. And people have got the, the thing is like even though people have gone off and, and done their own thing with it, I mean it's all still much of a muchness. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's only you know it's it's so still the fact kind that of, so many people decided to sort of but you know to, to yeah. get involved with it is interesting. Yeah, it's like but it's it's kind of like the the main block in build your own build your own horror story sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the premise is good and the narrative's poor. So. I'm going to give it a six as well, now. Cool. And Reach. So it's big and it's big. It's not quite Loch Ness Monster Bigfoot big, but I think it's I think it's one down because yeah. I think a lot of people will have heard of it. It obviously crossed over into the mainstream. I'd be interested to know if you ask 10 people on the street, have they heard of it? Again, I don't think, I think, I sort of think you have to be a bit online or, yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. It's like one of those things, you know. If you asked your mum, you know, or yeah, my mum was that age. You know, I don't. It, you know, or non or, or people in the non English speaking world. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, and it's not very old either. So I actually, I'm calling, as I'm talking, it's dropping the reach. 
Um, so I would say it's as it's as big as a creepy pasta's got. Yeah. But creepy pasta being very much its own thing and not actually big when it comes to full public consciousness, even though it kind of might like there's a nod to it in The Simpsons and that kind of stuff. But there was yeah. a nod to um Polybius in The Simpsons, do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, do yeah, which is they do these, obscure. Well they, yeah. they do all sorts of obscure jokes as well yeah. in the Simpsons, yeah. Um so do you know what? I'm only gonna give it a five nil for each. Yeah. Yeah, similar for me, I think, because I think and I think the key for me, I mean, you've kind of kind of gone through it there. I'm not convinced it's sort of necessarily massively big worldwide. I think it was huge for a creepypasta for its own. And obviously we've heard of it, so I think there's a, a tendency to kind of overestimate how big it actually yeah, is. I think so. Um but I think if yeah, again, if it's like a family fortunes thing, how many people of different um generations and things would actually know about it? Um, probably not as much. Just if you've got to be of a certain age, I think. Um, and I think the other thing is, I don't think it's going to age that well. No. I just think, you know, 20 years' time, people aren't going to be thinking about stuff that was on web forums and that, again, unless you're of a certain age. Um, it'll just seem really, like, weird and archaic. Again, you never know. One of these things could become, like, a kitschy kind of... Mm. But it's probably more likely to be something that was obscure at the time, and then you sort of, you know, you, you reinvent it. It's like something that was more of a cult thing. Whereas unless they do, like, a, a, a re... A reimagining like a Slenderman TV series starring Kevin Bacon or whatever. Why not? Why not? Kevin Bacon, that's a GPT to write it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, um, I'm, I think on that base, I'm going to give it a six. Six. Okay, well, that gives us an overall score of 46. So not that high for no, one for, that we thought for was big massive. Yeah. Well, it turns um, out, as I said at the start, I think we're, you know, we're. Maybe we've missed the we've missed the tide on this one a little bit. Well, we learn as we go. Yeah. Um, well, that that's it. That's um, episode one hundred done, and that's the end of this series as well. So the mouldy deflating hundredth episode yeah. for you there, listener. Lovely. Um, I mean, it is, but it isn't because we've done yeah. other we've done it's non canon stuff. Enough. But yeah, so I mean, like I said at the start, and I thank everyone. We do thank everyone who kind of listened. We. We weren't sure that anyone would listen at all, and we got a couple hundred people who listened. So, I mean, I mean, not more than once, most of them. But I mean, you know, uh, that's a that's a good thing with uh, having loads of episodes out. People, hey, you know, take your pick. Take your pick. Um, like a lovely Wolves pick and mix doesn't mm, exist anymore. Just you know, take out the bitch light. Don't like licorice. That's fine. That's fine. Give it to me. I Have love licorice. Yeah. Um, but no, we no, honestly, we do appreciate it. It is nice when like you have a look and people have uh, listened to it and stuff and hopefully enjoyed it or you hate listening and that's absolutely fine as well. That's, that's fine, yeah. It's a kind of it's enjoyment. Kind of enjoyment, isn't it? Um but yeah, we so next week we will there'll be um a release of our second annual mailbag episode. Make of that what you will. And um so I think then two weeks afterwards we will um, be sticking out for because not many people have listened to all of the episodes. I think that's fair to say. I'd say there's, there's some mate, overlooked there, ones there. There, there. I would say you could count the number on two hands, and that includes us um, and also the algorithm that listens to it in Belgium. Yeah. Um, 
So John we, Van Damme, as I've told you many a time. Yes, as you believe. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to release a couple of classic episodes just to kind of keep the ball rolling. But the new series will be starting on the 29th. So that's next week, Mailbag, then a couple of classics. And then 29th, we'll be back with the new series. But um, need to go and do the music and visuals and stuff for that. And have a little... We deserve a little break now, don't we? summer break. Little little break. Um, but yeah, if you do ever want to get in contact, then it's herb.legends at pod uh, herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can just leave a comment. You can leave them on uh Spotify now. Um and also nice. on Apple and all of that jazz. Let us know what you think, like and subscribe, give us a rating, or whatever you can be bothered doing, but we would appreciate it. Um be good. but yeah, apart from that, um Hope you've enjoyed this series. It's been a it's been a mixed bag, and um, we will be uh, we'll be back in a in a couple of weeks with a new one. And hopefully, you'll all still be there rooting for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. Take care, everyone, and we'll speak to you soon. And uh, have a good few weeks. Goodbye. Mm, goodbye. USB Wi-Fi Get that good Busy good